My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, it's good to have all of you here with us this day. I'd like to welcome guests from my parish of my youth in Moses Lake, Washington, Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, my sister brought her prayer group with her, some members of her prayer group, to experience the divine liturgy. Uh, they've seen pictures of us and, and heard some things, so they wanted to come and experience. So we, we welcome all of you here. Well, last week, Connie Kelly and I had a staycation. Uh, we weren't in a position where we could go stay anywhere, so uh, we tried it before and it didn't work out so well. But this week, I was last week, I was very tenacious, uh, with the exception of a conference meeting I had with uh, Bishop Milan and the vocation directors. There was no work unless it was a sacramental emergency. In other words, unless you were on your deathbed and you needed anointing. So we would go out on day trips. Well, one of those was on Monday. And Monday we went to Bainbridge Island. It was a beautiful day, and we wanted just to walk around and look at the shops. And, you know, the ferry ride's a, a beautiful thing as well, on a, especially on a nice day. And I had watched, well, we had watched uh, that um, Ken Burns series on country music. Really interesting. Uh, learned a lot. But it's kind of spurred me some nostalgia, because growing up, my dad and my uncles, on Sunday afternoon when we all went to Grandma's house, uh, they would watch, uh, turn on at some point, um, you know, um, Buck Owens and the Buckaroos and things like that. So I had this nostalgia. So I had, you know, Pandora, and I put it on, and, and a song came on from Kenny Rogers. And it's a song I remember hearing when I was younger, but I forgot all about it. I mean, I wasn't a small boy then, but it was a great song. And it was called The Greatest. Maybe some of you remember it. The song goes on about a small boy. He's got his bat and ball, and he goes out into the field. He's talking about how he's the greatest. And he throws up the ball, and the ball goes up, and the ball comes down. He takes his bat and swings all around. He says, the air's so still, you can hear the sound. And the ball falls to the ground. Well, there's another refrain of him going on about he's the greatest. And then all of a sudden you hear again, and the ball goes up and the ball comes down. He swings the bat all the way around. The air is so still you can hear the sound. And the ball falls to the ground. Another verse and then the refrain, the ball goes up and the ball comes down. He swings the bat all around. The world's so still he can hear the world's so silent, he can hear, hear it. The world is so quiet, he can hear it still. The ball falls and strike three. It's supper time, his mother calls. He goes on home and he sings the song, I am the greatest, without a doubt, but even I didn't know I could pitch that well. The story itself has nothing to do with the gospel, but the understanding of just by your own laughter that wasn't quite what you expected at the end is what we're going to talk about. God is what's unexpected, and how God works in our lives is unexpected. It's not the way we plan. We tend to think and put God in a nice little box that we each construct. At times in our arrogance, we think we can predict the course of God's work as the way we predict the course of the celestial bodies. 
We oftentimes think we can measure God's movement. But in reality, He's totally other than us. He's completely unpredictable. And He does things different than you and I do. We heard in our Gospel today about this rich man and Lazarus. We've heard the story many times. And it's from this story we get that old, old saying that how you live is how you die, and how you die is how you spend eternity, right? We, we learn a lot from that. We learn that your life is going to determine your life after this life, when God calls us home. And once that decision's made, it's made. And you can't cross over from heaven to, to the other side. Or either way, there's no movement. Your decision was made with your last breath. But we find something interesting in this gospel. And it's about the poor man Lazarus. We heard a lot of talking from the rich man. We even heard talking from Abraham, representing God. But nothing from the poor man. Put a pen in that. Let's move on to our epistle today. St. Paul has been trying to reinforce his authority as an apostle. He's talking about his experiences, and he had much uh, types of mystical experiences, revelations he would call them. But he would say, you know, but in order to keep me from getting proud, God gave a thorn in my flesh. Some of the fathers say of some kind of physical ailment of some kind. Then he would go on to say that he was given a messenger from Satan to beat him. John Chrysostom say that that would be Alexander the coppersmith who would continually try to foil everything that Paul had doing. The Jews that were trying to ridicule him, discredit him. The pagans that were trying to kill him. Not to mention all the other beatings that he received. These were the messengers of Satan, John Chrysostom says. That word to St. Paul. But St. Paul then would say, Lord, please release me with this. He's asked three times, right? Three times we heard. And God says something. My grace is sufficient for you. For in weakness, my power is made perfect. In weakness, my power is made perfect. We look throughout the whole of Scripture and we see this is the way God operates. Through weakness, not through strength. You look at the Israelites, the Hebrews of old, an insignificant people that should have been done away with long ago. And yet, the mighty armies of Egypt, the Greek army, the Roman armies, they all had to deal with them. Even in Babylon, they had Nebuchadnezzar had to deal with them. They couldn't just be eradicated. Through weakness, my power is made perfect. We see that in Christ Himself. He didn't come in great power. 
as a mighty warrior. No. He came as an infant. He didn't live and come into the, his kingdom on a great chariot, war horse. He came on a donkey. He didn't ascend a mighty throne covered in gold with a mitre. He went on a cross. And yet, through all of that, which seems in the human mind to be weakness, was actually great power because he brought about the will of his Father, which was our salvation. Through weakness, my power is made perfect. Paul would begin to understand this with all the beatings that he received, with all the imprisonments. How many times was he beaten and whipped and stoned? How many times was he shipwrecked? How many times did they try to undo what he was trying to do? How many times was his heart broken? For example, in Corinth, when he came and established the church, he came back and they had fallen back into their paganism. And the verse right after the one, the end of our reading today of the epistle, the very next verse he says, For Christ's sake, I am content in my weakness, in my persecution, in my injuries, in my insults, and in calamities. For in weakness, I am strong. Paul had learned that it was when his, at his weakest moment, when he thought maybe that all that he worked, he had done, had failed because somebody did something that undone everything he did, or he was in prison. At that moment, when he hit the bottom of, the, of his, his, his strength, he found it. He experienced it. That peace and presence of Christ. That moment when you realize it is not you carrying the cross, but it is He. That moment that gives say, I can make it through because I am not alone in this. It is not my power that does the work, but it is the power of God. And with that, you can carry on. I know in my own personal experience, I've had that happen twice. Where I've been so overwhelmed. Thought I have made it to the end. I can no longer go over. I'm numb. I'm leaning up against the wall, looking out the window, empty. Staring out into nothingness. And in that moment, there it is. He's present. There's that peace. There's that realization that I am not the one carrying the cross. I am not doing the work. He is. And with that, I can go on. And I can endure whatever is ahead of me. Because I've discovered that in that moment, all is taken care of. All is well. It's going to be all right. Paul learned this from his own experience. And so he could say, in weakness, I am strong. It's when I think things aren't going well, when I think it's going the worst, that's actually when the real work on God's part, and grace is working in his life and the life of those he was ministering to. What was the strength 
of the poor man of the, 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 in our gospel, Lazarus. He didn't say a word. There was no moaning. There was no complaining. There was no cursing God and wanting to die. He endured it because he had the, felt the presence of Abraham. He felt he was already in the bosom of Abraham, even though he was still on this side of the Jordan. And with that awareness and that comfort, even though his situation didn't improve, he could endure it. And he could go through it until the end. And the same is with you and I. We always think we have to be in a posture, a position of strength to persevere. But the church has always been the strongest when she's been persecuted. When you think we're under the gun and we're losing is actually when we're the strongest and when God's grace is working to bring about His plan. God does not work the way you and I think He should work. He's always worked from the posture of weakness to bring about and show His strength. And if we just cling to Him, live the life we are called to, then in our times of difficulty, our times of weakness, our times when we hit the wall and think there's nothing left, I've got nothing more to give. And it's at that moment that we'll have that presence of Christ in our hearts and that peace will settle upon us and we'll be able to endure what awaits us. And we will be able to go ahead and move on into the heavenly kingdom. God surprises us. He doesn't always work the way we think He should work. But everything He does is to bring about our salvation. That is His goal for you 